All right, you want to do the song or what? No such thing as art. All right, well, uh, welcome back to another episode of No Such Thing as Ross. Today it's No Such Thing as Ross, because yep. he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> he's been, he vanished. He, he'll be back someday. He's no longer with us. Yeah. And then our other, <laughs> on this plane. <laughs> and then if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, yeah, I'm Tommy. Still. Like, I'm not still, Ross. Still Tommy. Uh, but we <laughs> have a few extra Ross. people sitting in with us today uh, to fill Ross's big old clown shoes. Um, and uh, yeah, so. We have guest host. Yes, Robin. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, was, she was featured on our last podcast. Uh, I just live upstairs. <laughs> She's <laughs> the homeless lady outside that comes in and hangs out with us. Yeah, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Y'all are here still. <laughs> and then um, we have uh, my fellow scientist and field study partner, uh, Peng. What up, joining us. Peng. I'm a scientist. Yeah, what else do you do? Uh, I'm a bocce chef. I'm a DJ. I'm a creator. Yep, hell yeah. Science. Artist. <laughs> Who Scientist. are you? Oh, not Ross. I'm I'm Travis. He's the fucking sound guy. Oh, I'm the fucking oh. sound, sound guy. Don't trust the sound oh, guy. Don't trust the sound guy. Another philosophy. You're just full of uh, words to live by. And then, of course, uh, our guest... Uh, who will be doing a live painting uh, and the video will accompany this interview um, is Cody Sepp. Whoop, whoop. That's me. Hey. Hey, Cody Sepp here, artist and enthusiast. <laughs> Let's do it. And philosophizer. Philosopher of art, Stand I guess. Stand-up philosopher. Yeah. Says other people. <laughs> not, not my words. So. Um, <laughs> a true philosopher. From Stevens Point. Currently, yep. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Anything All around. Uh, I guess we can say that because yeah. Ross isn't here, we don't have to talk about um, any shitty local IPAs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't going to talk about them, but I, I was just emphasizing how talk much I don't like IPAs. Tito's vodka. Well, um, that being said, let's get started. Looks like I painted just a shattered screen. We've been talking about it. Yeah, they were all talking about how big it was. Yeah. <laughs> are you impressed? <laughs> are you impressed? Are you impressed? You're gonna sample that. I'm not impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm actually done. <laughs> that's because you're great. Oh, that, that's Poopoo Peepee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> we're great. We are. We're definitely uh, great. All right, one, two, three, be great, everybody. Ready, great, great. Check. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. still got one of those from Halloween, I think. I think I can. What is it? Oh, you won the prize? There was a prize? Yeah. <laughs> you won. Yeah, I did. I uh, I had a Halloween party, and we, uh, I, I, I built 
carnival games. Oh, nice. <laughs> Last second, like a couple days before, I yeah, it was pretty, whipped together awesome. a series of carnival games in the garage. I had like shooty Nerf guns that you had to knock down targets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a ping pong launcher that you had to get in certain cups. I had uh, <laughs> this the, the balloon popping game. But I filled all the balloons with blood. <laughs> so when they would pop, it would make this blood splatter on the wall. That's awesome. And then outside for the recycling, it was like that big Bertha, like throw shit in this bitch's mouth. So uh, <laughs> yeah. outside, yeah, we had feeding the recycle monster. And if you won one of these challenges, the prizes, I bought a bunch of toys and like silly bullshit and candy. Or whippets. <laughs> so if you, win, if, you, if, you, if you actually play the games that I worked my ass off to make for days, like yeah, you can get, you can get a whippet. Yeah. Or these cool toys. Like they, are, I only bought shit that I thought was cool. That's fucking awesome. This was a prize. Look at how fun this is. That was a touch prize. Touch it. Touch. Touch it. What is that? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Your dreads feel cool. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my dread head. You're welcome. My in advance. Like <laughs> she was going to take a what? picture. I was like, don't. Please <laughs> 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 don't. You're like, can we not look at me right now? <laughs> like, it's just weird enough, but not but too weird. Shit hammered. Well, I'm going to. Yeah, it's weird, but it's mic. not like gross. Let oh, me bump okay. the mic. It's going to be weird for me to start the show. <laughs> Normally, that's Ross's job. Hi, I'm Ross, and here's the show. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say welcome to No Such Thing as Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Today's guest is, how, how is, what's your last name is Sep? Yep. Seep. That's no, the, he said that was Sep. That's what they've told me. CP. Seepage. Worst nickname ever. Cody Poo Poo Yeah. Seepage. Seepage is <laughs> the only nickname I've actually been given. You're like, come on. I tell people all the time, that was my nickname in high school, but it's always about something else, like big, big sausage fingers or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they used to call me back in high school. But mm-hmm. in that's all honesty, it's, it's it was only CP and seepage. And yeah, it's it's terrible. Oh, seepage just never sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> CP. I've only heard it in context, like in real life, other than my name, like a few times, and it's never pleasant. <laughs> right. Right. No, it's not good. <laughs> no, Carissa usually instead of like, oh, that was my name in high school. We say, oh, that's the name I used to dance under. <laughs> <laughs> I say that sometimes. That's that was a really my good stripper one. name. Yep. Something. Woo! Oh, snap. Like, oh, oh, snap. I dropped the thing, you guys. About, like, crusty Leave leftovers. It. Or oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I broke it. <laughs> no, I, I took a time lapse from a very far distance of me making art recently, and uh, it wasn't of the art. It was just... From a distance, the process, of yeah. me making art. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's it's like. Is that fun to go through? If you could CGI and make it just a padded, empty padded room, <laughs> it, it would look spot on. Like yeah. I was just a crazy person. This is <laughs> all over. Literally pacing back and forth, circles, like picking up a brush, like getting ready. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> putting it down, walking away, you know, like hours of this shit. And then I finally like make a mark and grab a rag and rinse it off. And I'm like, no, no, not ready, dude. Not ready. Like, I don't you get, care. You get like little like, it's like you're glitching where it's like, uh, no, redo this. No, redo this. Like, no, redo this. Put like paint on a brush part. and then like, especially if it's something that I've started already. Like in this case, like I'm starting. You're never in the same headspace when you pick up where you left off, yeah. you know? So whether whether I started it in a good mood or a bad mood or creative mood or this or that, it's always going to be a different mood. And so it's always, like, I don't even know where I left off. I don't know where I was going because I wanted to, like, keep it loose and not really look at the reference photo or, like, really have a, 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 a way to tell whether it's, quote, unquote, good or not, you know, just let it happen as as it happens. And I keep looking at that stupid reference photo being like, what is the proportion right? That's like, what you're, yeah, it's not a big face. Yeah, yeah like, oh, like, come on. So I, I, I'm not going to look at it anymore, you guys, I promise. Maybe <laughs> just one time. One time probably just, uh, I use photos more so as a, a guide for lighting because I, I work on the dark canvases so regularly. So the the reference photos, uh, sometimes it's hard to imagine lighting in 3D space in your brain. So, yeah. So that it's, makes it's, sense. it's easier to have a little reference on just 3D shapes yeah. that are lit in a certain way. And how like light probably actually works. Yeah, uh, because this yeah. particular piece that I'm working on is not necessarily front lit. Mm -hmm. or backlit or side lit. It's kind of a blend. There's like some front lighting. It's right. it's well lit in the front, but strongly lit to the back and to the side. So the light is wrapping around the creature and there's like this aura highlight around it. And so that's what I'm going to be focusing on with the picture. But other than that, as far as like color choice and stuff, that's all. The free balls, and I think that's why I'm so terrified because <laughs> my free balls got me in trouble last time, and I was like, "Your free balls." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep trying to find a blend between realism and more expressive representation of reality, and it's it's hard to yeah, yeah, bounce back and forth. Kind of what you're showing me in some of those. Yeah. Uh, Getting a little, uh, embracing the loose, you know. I think it's cool uh, to try to put the two together. It's it, it, it's it's a, it's a juggle. It's a juggling mm -hmm. battle, you know, because especially because I come from, I guess, the the first time people took notice of my art was when I started doing portraiture and like when I start first started doing realism. A chew. And uh, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, I, I was making art all the time in high school and doing like super trippy stuff, like things morphing into other things and just like sketching out of my brain and Dude, whatever happened. Dude, you're always been happened. so crazy. Yeah, like. right? Especially in high school. And then this guy from college came to like review our work from the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design. <laughs> And I was like super excited to finally have someone like look at my work because I was happy with it. I, I thought I had some chaps. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I can tell you have some skills, but it's hard to like quantify 
whether it's good or not, because you don't have any like academic work, like no figure studies, no life drawings, mm. no still life. Me, 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 me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's bogus. Yeah, but I, I drew this bubble melting into like a droplet, and like, doesn't that look like a bubble melting into a <laughs> droplet? And he's like, yeah, but I can't like compare it to anything to say whether it looks good or not. I'm like, you're like, it fucking okay. looks good. And this was. <laughs> Mind you, this was the first person I was ever exposed to in a small town of Tomahawk with like the little bit of art class and art exposure outside of town that you're ever gifted. This was the first person. Yeah. Yeah. This was the first person that had any like clout, I guess you could say, artistically that I could like learn from or like take advice from. And he basically told me like, Right now, you're garbage. You know, you yeah, need to start like, doing oh, start doing in, realism, and then we'll take you seriously. Basically, is what this fucker said. I'm still hung up on that. Like, uh, and so from that day honest. forth, I like switched my focus and like started trying to draw people and like real things. Uh, and it, unfortunately, to his, you know, whatever credit, it wasn't until I started drawing super realistic looking people and dogs and shit that uh, people started to take notice. And so I always am terrified that if I just do some abstract crap that like makes me happy, you know, like no Karen at the park is going to walk by and see my skills. You know, you can walk by and be like, oh, that's just smears. Right. My kid does like, that well, all the time. Uh, yeah. I just got done washing my walls because my four-year-old just smeared all the paint on the walls. You know, like, I've constantly feel the need to like flex my abilities so that people will take me seriously and give me a chance, yeah. you know? And so I'm afraid that if I loosen up too much, you know, people won't fucking give a shit anymore. Yeah. Or if I just do things that make me happy, people won't give a shit anymore. But then I'm like, fuck those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Sure. That's the beauty of like, art. Like, who cares yeah. about who, what this Karen thinks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Who cares what Karen thinks in general? Well, and it, yeah. <laughs> somebody with a narrow, like, uh, perspective in that sense. And that's just my perspective, you know? I'm, yeah, right. Sorry to interrupt, but no. uh, my dance teacher of all people, <laughs> I went to dancing with my, with my wife. And what kind of dancing? Uh, we did a full spectrum, like uh, all different types, trying to learn just so that we could just start dancing. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> like salsa, ballroom, Fuck like yeah. uh, polka. We learned it all. And because I went to my brother's wedding and they did the first dance shit, and I was like, this is the most boring fucking thing I've ever had to sit <laughs> through in my life. <laughs> if I'm inviting yeah. all my friends and family to this like party, and they have to sit through this first dance. Like, we're going to give them a show. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So That's awesome. I signed us up. Well, I, it was my idea to do the classes. And then we got signed up as a gift for Christmas to do these classes. And our teacher was like, you know, not a young, not a young lady. <laughs> um, but she was, she was fun. She was fun. And then... Uh, COVID happened and we ended up not being able to finish the classes and stuff. But uh, she came up to me as I was painting downtown. And I was like, oh, you're X, Y, Z. I don't remember your name. But uh, you're the dance teacher. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember you also. You played weird music. <laughs> and, she, and she was like, she looked at all of my stuff. All of my, like my, I had my dog portraits up. I had like uh, uh, all of my realistic 
drawing uh, paintings up like a you've seen my lion or my pelvis and yeah. stuff like that. I had those things, which I'm happy to stand behind. And then I had this one piece that was super abstract, just like colors and smears and whatever that I made because I was in a dark place and I'd never planned on showing it to anybody. And my wife actually encouraged me because she loved it and she saw the feels behind it. And she, she encouraged me to like, put that up for sale or make prints. And then she said, no, yeah, you can't sell the original, but you should make prints. And my dance teacher, who like, she was like, I don't really like your work. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, this is all really pretty. I like the color. I don't really like your work. Like I, I couldn't really see it hanging in my house, which I think means two different things. It's like, right, not yeah. I don't like your work, but like I, can't really hang this in my You're house. You're like, I don't want to live with but this. But she's like, the only one that I really love is this abstract piece. And, and so my perspective that other people will only appreciate me if they see my skills is completely flawed by just that interaction alone, you know. But it's it's my fear, you know, that yeah. I, I will... Uh, uh, art is the first thing that I did that made me learn that I have value. And I'm afraid to be convinced that I lost it because I did something that somebody doesn't like. Yeah. How long have you been doing? Like, when did you first start art? Where did you find art? Where did I find art? That's an awesome question. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we're all born artists and at some point we lose it. So I feel like I've always been an artist some of us lose it. Uh, some of us find it again. But my mom, I think, is where I initially was inspired. Um, she's been a hairstylist out of the house for since I was born. And her clients would always come over to the house. She always worked out of the house cutting people's hair. And so a bunch of people would come in and out of the house and I think my mom took like a painting class, like some Bob Ross type painting class. <laughs> nice. And uh, her first class, the teacher was like, you know, you could do this professionally. And she's like, what? No. And one of her clients saw one of her pieces uh, during a haircut and was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. I would love if you could paint my vacation home. We, my family has this beautiful home. We're, we're super wealthy. Eat, eat it. You know? Yeah. And she's like, I will pay you money. I will pay you money to paint a house that you'll never be able to live in. And she's like, I would love to. <laughs> um, and my mom just took a class, to my understanding. You know, I don't think she was really well set to have like a studio and painting stuff and this yeah, and sure. that. Uh, it was always more of a hobby, I think, initially. But then she was asked to start painting her client's homes, and um, she didn't have an easel, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but we had this giant piano in the house, and uh, one of those, like, ones with the front that flips up, yeah. and it's giant and takes, like, at least four large people to move up, <laughs> upstairs. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's what she used as her easel. Nice. That's and cool. The, the bench... Is too big for one butt. You know, it was just big enough for my mom's butt and my tiny butt. <laughs> and so I would just sit next to my mom 
and watch her paint these portrait or landscape portraits of houses and and stuff. And I, that was my first exposure to just the idea of someone making art yeah. that looks really cool and realistic. And then Bob Ross, of course, I was always on PBS when I was ba- being babysat. And yeah, I remember that. I would too. be rambunctious uh-huh. as hell during like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers running around. But the second Bob Ross comes on, I'm just like transfixed. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah for sure. It was sure. that sexy, soothing voice, you know? <laughs> uh, and so I always had an appreciation for it. But growing up, everyone around me that did art was always like so much better than me. And eventually, everyone around me that I viewed as better than me, like I was saying earlier, lost it. Yeah, you know, they, sure. they put it down, they didn't see the value in it. And I was the only person who still was like having fun doing it. And it, in high school is when this whole like art guy thing happened. And that's when I kind of changed my focus to more realism stuff. And that's when people started giving me praise, you know, in school or out, out of school. I was never like a star athlete or like a great student or a great child, you know, like I was a fucking trouble making ass son of a bitch teenager. Uh, I was, yeah. See, that's hot. Like living. I mean, I think that's one thing that all of us are in this room for. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. Uh, Going to school, at least back in the early 90s, uh, as a kid with a boatload of learning disabilities, you're rarely praised for sure. much as yeah. a kid, you know, unless you're like a star athlete or like just really well behaved and have no friends, like you're not really celebrated. And Especially it wasn't until too, it right? wasn't until I like started doing thing. art uh, that, that people could quantify the value of that I was praised and I was like that I saw value in myself. And after that, you know, after that first hit, baby, I was, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I like finally feeling like worthy, you know, as good as the person next to me, yeah. I guess. You know, I might not be as good at algebra, but I have this thing that you don't have. So that was the, the I think, the catalyst to make me chase it. Until now, you know, like yeah, 15, awesome. 16, 17 years later. Um, still chasing that high because it makes me feel good yeah. about myself. And I try to love everything that I make, you know, uh, probably more than other people do, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> You're like, but, I have to accept myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a struggle for a lot of people, man. Yeah. Even, and like, like wow, you were saying, like even art, uh, other artists... They'll still create, but still struggle with that. And uh, even I think just it's showing really, it to people, it's a really cool philosophy that you um, that you live, live that way. I think it allows uh, more room for artistic freedom. Oh hell yeah! I've been. Uh, you're less afraid to take risks in what you what you're doing and creating. Yeah, I uh, went to. Technical college, technically college, for uh, <laughs> for two years. I completed a graphic design uh, associate's degree program because, again, I was convinced by 
the powers that be that are like giving me advice on my future that like art's great, you know, as as a hobby, but if you want to make money, you should probably be a designer. You don't want to go to school for painting because who's going to pay you to do a painting? How are you going to pay the bills or get a job? That's like yeah. a music degree yeah. too. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, God damn it, you're majors. probably right. <laughs> Not that I'm happy that you're right, but you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Dude. And I was like, fuck, okay. I guess I'll do this thing that I'm not really interested in. Mm-hmm. And so my guidance counselor signed me up for some um, design classes at the technical college. And I did two years there. Uh, I like saying that. I did two years at the fucking technical college. <laughs> it sounds like he went to prison. You know? <laughs> uh, it is the system. It is in the middle of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, I liked it. But uh, I liked af- after my, that, I, I knew no one's going to take me seriously if I don't have my bachelor's degree. You know, And, and so I transferred to... Uh, which isn't that all fucking garbage? This yes. perspective, yeah. like yes. fuck that for sure. Yes, but you know, you, I was convinced <laughs> I it was real, and I, I can't say, say it's not real. But fuck. Um, then I did. Uh, I transferred to the UWSP, and they basically made me start all over. So mm-hmm. I did five more years at UWSP and graduated. And uh, I don't regret all of my time spent. Learning, I, I value education and learning above. I, I value learning new things, you know, above most all things. Yeah. I was constantly seeking knowledge. Like if I'm watching TV, I'm not watching, I'm not binge watching the n- newest season of whatever exists. I'm like looking, I'm watching it like David Attenborough narrating. All about whales fucking. Yeah, I want to learn something new. Tropical birds one. We're just like, dude, dancing with birds. Yeah, I literally remember like sitting, like it was like you, me, and Dave, just like sitting cross-legged on your living room floor with a bong, and we're just like, ha. But I've found that like you never know where inspiration or knowledge is gonna be found or useful, like. I, yeah, true I use such abstract school, yeah. information and knowledge in such abstract ways all the time. You know, like well, I, it's all in your perception, how you perceive yeah. things, and uh, if you're gonna open your brain and and see, like you were talking about, beauty all around, art all around. Like, um, yeah, you can you can draw um, inspiration from so many uh, unorthodox things. I feel like the most dangerous thing a person can do is assume they know everything about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. Even if like I'm, I'm, I've been painting for a while. I know a lot about drawing. I'm, I'm never gonna say I know everything about art. Even if I like meet someone who's like uh, not as active as I am, or not doing as much stuff as I am, or like never went to school. Like if they show me their sketchbook and they're using a tool I've never used, like, holy shit, like, what is this tool? Who's this brand? You know, that's Mm -hmm. like a huge avenue of new information and tools at your disposal. And like, that's directly relevant to art, but there's so many other ways that it can cross pollinate. Like, um, I'm fascinated with artists like Da Vinci, but not because of his art. I'm fascinated with his, uh, anatomy drawings and inventions 
I love inventions. I, I love inventing yeah. and like just, but not with newfangled technology and yeah, chips. Right. You know, I love analog, like cogs turning, like how to make something happen out of nothing. And I researched his flying machines and learned about ornithopters, which an ornithopter is a flying machine that flies by flapping its wings. Okay. So it's not propelled by any means, but it stays afloat by flapping its wings. And it's not a successful design by any means, but uh, I looked on YouTube and found some like videos and schematics and this and that on uh, how to build a mini ornithopter uh, <laughs> uh, 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 model. And I built three of them out of of balsa wood, like paper clips, rubber bands, tissue paper, and like some glue and simple angles and bends and like basic mechanics. Like I was able to make this thing that you would crank up, crank the tension of the rubber band and like let it go and you'd throw it and it's flapping its fucking wings. You know? And like, (laughs) I I get a, Bigger Ardon. Science. Ardon, I like yeah. that. I get a bigger Ardon sh- from shit like that. Like <laughs> troubleshooting and building and like creating something yeah. than I do from like drawing or painting. Like that kind of stuff really gets me stimulated. Yeah. And uh, so I do that for a little bit and then I'm like super hard from like <laughs> doing this new thing that I've never done before that like. <laughs> I had to learn new skills or like do new things that I never thought I'd do. And then I go back to painting and somehow it's different. Somehow, somehow I've grown as a painter from cutting wood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you're viewing things differently once you, after you have that uh, experience. It's like using your brain in a different way. And then like you can use that and relate it to your artwork or your work. I feel that it applies to life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It applies to life and like the way that like things you learn along the way become relative down the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you never know where knowledge is going to come from and like, I hate kids nowadays. Kids suck nowadays. Let me just put that out there. In the universe. But like, I've been trying to, you know, not discriminate by like how young someone is or how like their background or like any perceived value of any information I could gain from someone. Like you, you never know. You never know who you might learn from at any moment, you know, whether they're young or older. Uh, uh, doing a somersault through the sand, you never, yeah, freaking A. I was at Goodwill the other day and I saw this lady getting wheel, she was in a wheelchair and like her grandson or whoever was around her was just pushing her back and forth through the toy aisle. <laughs> and like, I was also there to look at toys. I was like, kept having to like scooch back so that she could get through with her wheelchair and like we were, I was like picking up this thing that I was never seen before. Like, well, I don't even know what this is. What does it do? And I was trying to open a thing. I was like, I don't think that opens. Uh, no reason. I wasn't going to buy it, but I'd never seen it before. I didn't know what it did or why it did it. And so I was just looking at it. And she wheeled by and she's like, you're never too old to look at toys. <laughs> I'm like, God, dude, you're not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're not. 
ever too old to look at toys. That's I that's kind of uh, miss working at Goodwill and like yeah, finding shit where I'm like, uh, what was it great? Is this? <laughs> so do we sell it? All right. So guess, if like, you are there and you're in the receiving stuff and you see that thing that you've always wanted in your life, like can you dibs or like does it need no, to go okay. on the floor? So, because I'm always wondering, where's all it. the good stuff? <laughs> it's a men's jeans. That's <laughs> stuff because you know it has a shop for fucking jeans. I get like dudes. I would find all those nice clothes and shit. Yeah, because it's like it. The the rule is it's supposed to be on the floor for like two days before you can buy it because you get like a twenty five percent off employee discount. But, but they're like dibs? basically. But what I would do is you know whatever if they don't know about it i would price it myself to whatever i wanted (laughs) and then put it in the totally wrong spot where no one would ever look (laughs) yes like yeah because i would find really nice nice clothes and nice things what was your uh, most memorable score from that (laughs) memorable yeah like your favorite one like dude yeah it was worth it i got one dude like most of my furniture And, like, clothes came from there. It's hard to say. I worked there a couple of years in, like, every department. I'm trying to remember. There's always, like, weird, like, figurines and stuff and, like, little things. Oh, okay. So I always loved doing Goodwill Christmas for my family because my family's always been super broke. But I work there, and I'm like, I find shit, really weird shit for 75 cents all the time. And so one year I just, yeah. <laughs> like I got my mom some like fr- fuzzy fuzzy mittens or socks or some some fuzzy hat or something. I always get her comfy stuff. And then for my dad, I found this little like marble like plaque thing. It's just like a square rock, and it says, "Sometimes I sits and thinks, and sometimes I just sits." <laughs> and it's like seventy nine cents. I'm like perfect. I'm gonna give that to my dad. And then for my brother that year, I got him a fake potato. <laughs> How did you know? Yeah, they were in new goods. It wasn't even like a donated thing. Like every Goodwill had these stocked. (laughs) I mean, it's it's like hollow plastic potatoes. (laughs) I got it and I wrapped it up and I gave it to a person. And he opens up, he's like, Is this a fake potato? (laughs) Yeah, dude. And he loved it so much. And then. (laughs) Did you read my diary? Either the the next year or the year after that, he had my mom sew me a fleece stuffed fake potato. (laughs) I still have it. I ended up giving it to my dog. She loves it. I've done that strategy before. Yeah, he gave it back to me and it's like, here. I was like, is this a fake potato? (laughs) But he like got my mom to like sew it for him and everything. So he's like, hey, I have this idea. (laughs) I need to to call back. (laughs) But yeah, I think that that was always the best thing was like finding gifts there and stuff because I just find that one super weird thing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is right. Or like super weird clothes too. Like um, one shirt, it was like a men's like, like 4X or something. It's just like this huge shirt, but it had this weird kind of like, you know, middle school yearbook photo of this dude with like the gnarliest, like deep, like dark brown mullet ever, and a huge <laughs> unibrow, and like weird buck teeth, and it just says, Have a bitch in summer. Dude. <laughs> I'm like, I need that so much. Yeah, it was awesome. priced at like $2.99 because it's just this big shitty shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I think I got it for half off too. So I got it for like a dollar. <laughs> it's worth it. Dude, yeah, yeah. So I like I cut it down and cropped it in and sewed it up, and I think I still have it somewhere falling <laughs> apart. But that was definitely one of my favorites. There's always some kind of smartass shirt stuff. 
I don't read because I have difficulty doing so. Me too, dude. But I, I, like I said, I about read the same paragraph. Trying to learn, like I'm pissed because I know there's so much knowledge in books. But uh-huh. if they, there wasn't, if it just wasn't in word form, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. there's not enough pictures. Come on, <laughs> yeah, for real. like at some point that ends, man. That's, uh, uh, uh. But I was at Goodwill and I saw this book. It was very brightly colored and super exciting looking. And I was like, ooh, okay. Let me, I would, I don't know why I was even looking at the books that day. I never look at books. (laughs) But uh, I was looking at the books and I saw this book and it was how to invent everything. And I was like, go on. (laughs) And so I opened it. (laughs) And so the synopsis is uh, uh, it's a handbook for rebuilding civilization if you are stranded in time after, like, time travel. So if you're a time traveler and you're lost in a period of time, this is what you need to rebuild civilization. So there's, like, fundamental <laughs> machines, like agriculture, farming, how to, how to domesticate a wombat. Uh, <laughs> theoretically, how long would you have to boil a dinosaur egg? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, based on physics and science Soft and size, volume, like, <laughs> size. width of the shell, you know, like very some thorough information <laughs> based on like like valid sources and stuff. But it was like delivered in such nonsensical format, and and this and it was fun. I haven't read it because I haven't needed to know anything. But uh, I I got it, and I was like, there's not very many pictures. I don't know. Yeah, you're like, like, I don't know if I'll ever see this again. So I went to the back of the store by the lamps, and I put it on the top shelf behind all the lamps. And then two months later, I was like, oh, yeah, that book that I really like. I need that book. And uh, I had to, I had to. Take the shoe stool that you you sit on to like put your shoes on, because I'm short as fuck. You know, like I, I I could throw it back there with my regular feet, but I needed to get a stool to retrieve it, and I did retrieve it two months later using the stash technique, and uh, it was five bucks. It was worth it, huh? I'm glad I have it. Yeah. I mean, that story alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Five bucks. <laughs> Five bucks. <laughs> That's funny. But shit like that is really exciting to me, especially if there's more pictures. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, I would like to see a picture of a dinosaur egg being boiled. Right? I don't. I don't know what topic to go to. Uh, let's let's talk about poo poo pee pee. I'd like to dive into that. <laughs> I, I, I want to get into that. I was okay because I keep I keep uh, I keep wanting to go into it, but I know we haven't covered it yet, so I can't really like touch like do a teaser, you know. Yeah. But. So poo poo pee pee. All right. So anyway. So anyway. on me. Anyway. Poo poo pee pee. Okay. Let me just start. Okay, because I've never truly been asked to explain it in a to a caring audience. <laughs> okay. But we all care about poo poo pee pee. All right. So let me just start by saying it's deeper than it sounds. It's deeper than it sounds. Okay. Uh, it's it's like a perspective of life, I guess, is the best way that I could start to explain it. Um 
we all grow, like I said, we're all artists when we're born. At some time, we lose it. Um, and this society that we've created for ourselves tells you at some age, like, when you're a kid, everyone's like, oh, use your imagination, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, at some point, they stop saying, yeah. like, use your imag imagination. Like, where's your imagination as uh, needed as an adult? Like, it's not needed anymore, says someone. Yeah, right. It almost comes, like, with a, a stigma to yeah. at a certain point. I remember going to the dentist, and they would lie to me and tell me that the drill was called a bumper. <laughs> and I was sitting in an airplane <laughs> chair. Airplane chair playing games while they clean my teeth, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have to give you a little bumping, <laughs> just a little bumping. Don't worry the noise; it's gonna sound loud, but it's just a bumper." I'm like, oh, "Okay, fuck. yeah, chill. Can I still play games and sit in this airplane?" They're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I'm like, "Sweet." And I was not afraid of the dentist. And at some point, you're too old, or they they assume you no longer want to sit in an airplane and play games. <laughs> like, why? Why is that okay? Like, if I was in charge of anything, like, that would not be the case. Like, you want to sit in an airplane? We have a bigger airplane. <laughs> like, if you don't want to sit in an airplane, like, some people are be like, no, I am grown. Yeah, right, you know? right, like, right. But I feel like wanting to sit in an airplane has nothing to do with your age. And that's Could a metaphor, you know, not necessarily yeah. sitting in an airplane, but like I went to two toy stores before I show, showed up to like talk to you guys, you know, like, <laughs> I, like not because I needed new toys or wanted to spend money. Um, I ended up finding some things and spending some money, but <laughs> I just uh, like wanted to see new things. And like, I feel like making art and pretending to Trying to look at life with a childlike mindset, not childish, but childlike. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah this is like kind difference. and naive almost. Mm -hmm. And just like oblivious to expectations on external things, you know? Once yeah. once you're adult enough to learn what how to be kind to people, you know, like then you don't have to worry about being offensive if you live by the poo poo pee pee lifestyle, but like, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It, it's about just like celebrating life and looking for like laughing at the little things. Like, if you laugh at poo poo pee pee, you get it inside. Yeah. Like, it, it's within you to sit in that airplane again, you know? And my wife is super supportive of she, my husband's really my husband's really into poo poo pee pee right now. Like, <laughs> like she gets it, she gets it. But uh, I, I feel like it, it, it's easily misconstrued. You know, like I said, it's deeper than it sounds. Yeah. But I feel like I, I don't have the vocabulary vocabulary to properly label it. Better, like I can't think of any, like if, I'm, if I'm you can sure think of an e easier way to explain that viewpoint <laughs> than poo poo pee pee. Like by all means, send me an email. You know, like I think that is. But uh, I well feel planned, like that's well in my artwork. Like the the try trying to be more lax and colorful and just like try to make it all come from a, a joyful, yeah. childlike place. You know, and. Uh, because that's what I want to bring to people. I want to make people happy, joyful, and like see pretty colors. And not everything has to be static and realistic and like 
whatever, you know, I, I try to find self-perceived rules that I can, that I'm allowed to break. Like, yeah. In art, that's how I bring poo-poo pee-pee to, to art because like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I should probably gesso this canvas all the way to the edge because that's like typically how you do it. But then I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I, I hate edges. I'm just going to do most of it. Yeah. I yes. was looking at that on there. Yeah. Like realistically. He's like, Realistically. first. True story. I ran out of gesso. But <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, you know what? I'm happy with it. But who, that's creating who, you know, art, right? This that's, is my thing now. Yeah. yeah. Because no. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, Embracing that shit. Some yeah. of those things play into oh the creative process. Uh, just Absolutely. Like, how are you going to do something new? Mm-hmm. If you stay in those boxes, like, um, I don't know if I finished my story before because I'm a rambling idiot all the time. <laughs> Same <laughs> time. Uh, <laughs> like, I went to school for you're all that right, time. You're at the right place. <laughs> all that time going to school and learning all this stuff, which I don't regret. But now in in art specifically, I'm going out of my way to try to unlearn my education and, like, find those rules that I was taught and those things that I can and can't do that someone said once upon a time yeah. that You're I like, follow oh, yeah? blindly. That I'm just like, okay, that's the rule. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I do. And Challenge then, accepted. Yeah, I try, to, <laughs> I try to catch myself when I'm doing something because I think I'm supposed to or like even uh, with when it comes to rules with color, what colors work next to each other, what materials you're supposed to use with each other. Uh, a light fastness, like it's not gallery ready. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, like stupid, <laughs> stupid, like external rules. You know, it's fine with me. Like, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, and I, I try to find the rules that I follow blindly that I don't like, and then sometimes like. Instantly regret it. I should have followed the rule. Like, holy shit, that is why they told me not to do that. Like, this looks awful. I should have just, I should have done exactly what they said. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. Other times I'm like, why am I such a Yeah, right. I don't even like that rule anymore. But uh, yeah, sometimes, some, you got to learn the rules before you can learn how to break them properly. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's something I learned in school, you know? Yeah, Keeping it. Sense. Keeping yeah. it. Yeah, that's that a good sense. thing. I like it. Uh, man, I would be an asshole if I went back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's important. That's a lot. That's, that's not really a rule. Yeah. That's kind of what it was. Because when I first started school, before I switched to psychology, I did three semesters of music. And that's kind of how it was. I'd already played violin since I was six. So I was like, I already know how to play, you know, by ear. Like, I can hear when it's right, when it's wrong, whatever. But they're like, oh, but did you know that this is a diminished, whatever, yeah. minuscule seventh or some <laughs> shit, you know? And I'm just like, who cares? That's so weird. Like, yeah. yeah, theory and all that crap. And yeah, also, like, for the degree itself, but they're like, you, yeah, play. I think I mentioned this before. It's like, oh, do you want to play classical or jazz? Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, oh, no. One or the other like, oh, so you're going to be a music teacher then? No. Fuck. Like, I was like, I'm out of here. Like, this is so weird. Welcome I'm to this black here. and white and There world. was, like, certain things. Like, I did two years of piano. That was cool. Piano? Don't fucking remember that anymore. Yeah, it was required no. for music, but. Did you hear about the 12 inch pianist? <laughs> 
No, that's all I got. Oh, okay. I, I can't think of the punchline. Well, no, I, I, I really should have thought it through. <laughs> no, but, yeah, it's just weird because they're like, oh, music, you want to get paid for music, you have to do it just like this. And it's like, I don't want to, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. How much money are we talking about? Yeah, like, how much money would they have to pay you to do it that way, though? Yeah, that's. It's not that much. It's like, no, and you have to pay them for years and years and years afterward. Exactly. I, yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> to conform to their system. Systems. That's kind of what I, why I like psychology, because I switched to that, and I was like, cool, like psychology. They're like, everybody's different, and it's nuts. And like, <laughs> you kind of have to just like go with everything you run into in your whole life. And I'm like, yeah, I could get down mm-hmm. with that instead of like, Oh, you're doing the brain thing wrong. They're yeah. like, no, this is what that's called, and this is how it works sometimes, but sometimes not. You know, and it's just <laughs> like, yeah, I could get down with that because it's just wide open. Yeah, music like the music degree anyway, especially in, at UWMC in Wausau, another two year transfer school. Like I was like, this is not good. <laughs> like, this is so not good. But like that experience probably wouldn't have pushed you to go the direction you did musically. Maybe, do you know, like, uh, you kind of were challenged by that, and then... I was just like, like this is saying, pointless, like, yeah, like, <laughs> and it switched You were challenged by those rules, and then yeah. you were like, fuck those parameters, uh, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, like, that was one thing that was funny, was because a lot of the time I would have, to, I would miss school, because I'm like, I'm going on tour, <laughs> so, and I would work ahead. To I, not play I, jazz. I, I did exams in the in the minivan, you know, we bought, like, one of those little Wi-Fi hotspot yeah, things, yeah. and I paid my bandmate so I could do my homework. <laughs> and, like, I made it work because I was just like, this is more important than this, but I will still take your quiz, and I'll do the thing, yeah. but I've, I got to go. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, I'm going right. to go play music every fucking day and, you know, live my life. And they're like, um, okay, but are you going to be here for the final? And I'm like... <laughs> Fuck your phone. <laughs> Do I get paid for it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, that's just it. Are we going to enjoy it? Always, that's always how I spread it. it, too. It's, I was like, I got to pay rent. Yeah. Aren't you teaching me how to have a job and stuff? But I had to pay my bills. I got to you know, I got student loans coming up yeah, someday. Right, Actually, sure. those are coming up soon here. It's I don't want to talk about it. Next. I would like to inquire about... I guess how you kind of found your style using uh, color the way you do. You do a lot of unique stuff with color on uh, a lot of your pieces. That's what people tell me. Yeah. But, like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I try to do normal things. I guess, no, I don't. I don't really try to. I haven't, I, <laughs> yeah, I, you don't I, seem like, like you do. <laughs> so I remember uh, learning about... Uh, 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 Monet, Manet. Monet, yeah. M- I mean, there's t- both of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Manet and Monet are yeah. both a thing. I oh. think they're both oh. impressionists, too. But one of them did uh, uh, these haystacks, these little paintings of haystacks. And while we were learning about it, uh, it was the first time I learned about the term non-local color. And the haystacks were all done with these, like, bright pinks and, like, Blues and yellows and colors that weren't brown, tan, haystack. Not your typical colors, haystack. You know, but like it was a fucking haystack. It looked like exactly what it was supposed to be. 
And I was the first uh, time I was kind of inspired by using that concept of like non-local color in work. And then I started, um, uh, uh, I was in a glass blowing class and I did this piece. I was actually in school with this, this friend of mine who was doing a piece. All of his pieces, I feel like were inspired by science and all of my work was always, all of my work was always kind of, came from just like a joyous, silly place, just trying to like do something fun or fun to look at or whatever. And it wasn't until like I was in school with this guy who like was taking scientific concepts that I was interested in and like making art about it. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I want to do that. What's something that I'm like super interested in? And I'm like, I don't know. I think colors are really cool. I, and I was... uh uh, uh, I work with someone who's colorblind. And my boss actually he used to be a graphic designer, and he's colorblind. So a, a lot of times, he'd be like, "Cody, can you come to my office? Is this blue?" I'm like, like, "That is blue." He's like, "All right, thank you." And uh, so, yeah, I remember just being fascinated that, like, every single day, every single thing that I look at with anyone next to me could be extremely different and I'd never know like whether you're colorblind or not per perhaps what my yellow is your pink who knows you know yeah it would it would be normal to you either way and uh the fact that like these I know a few colorblind people and it was like fascinating to me that every single day every single thing that we look at is always going to be different like even if there's like corrective glasses or this and that I'll never be able to see what you see yeah that's right, right. fascinating to me mm -hmm. and I was like color is awesome the fact that I can see color is awesome. Like, man, oh man, if I could only see black and white, not only would that be disorienting, but holy man, would that be boring? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and then I looked into the science behind seeing color and like how your eyes are built. Yeah, and that how, shit's crazy. How light works and color theory. And once I discovered the science of color theory and the abstract, like, illusion, I guess, the magic behind your ability to see the world around you in bright mm -hmm. colors. Uh, I became super appreciative of that simple yeah, ability. Really cool. mm -hmm. And just, like, the complex nature of how, like, different schmoos that I'm using to put on canvas, according to color theory, don't inherently own any color you know they like just manipulate light sure. yeah, and reflect exactly. light you know yeah. so like that and I, constant, yeah, your eyes are just that constant like experience that we're all experiencing every day and taking for granted is something that really inspired me and i made uh, quite a few uh pieces inspired by color theory in general no such thing as art I don't know.